still think you control the story, don't you? Welcome back, nobodies, to Do Patrol Radio, WDPR 96.3, your favorite interdimensional radio, this side of the Gamma Quadrant. Today, we're taking a deep dive into the Donkey Museum of Modern Art. Time will tell if our heroes will be able to escape the torturous turn of events. So sit down, listen up, or just zonk out. This is Do Patrol Radio. This is Doom Patrol Radio, the weekly podcast where we analyze and discuss all the episodes of the new DC Universe television program, Doom Patrol. Nate, that was so pro- professional. Yeah. I almost said unprofessional because that's, <laughs> that's normally what I say yeah. about you. But that was very professional. Yeah. And I didn't even, I thought I was going to introduce the show, but you took the initiative. You know. And I applaud you, Nate. That was so well done. You see that A sitting in the corner over there? I don't know letters. It's a game, and I brought it. The A game. Oh. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never heard of it. Yep. Oh. Well, thank you for yeah. bringing it. We'll never play it. We'll schedule a meeting yep. to play the board game, but mm-hmm. we'll never play it. Oh. Um, welcome back. Thank you, Nate, for doing the introductions. Thank you, DJ, for introducing us, whatever his name is. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the second episode of Doom Patrol Radio, which is about the second episode of Doom Patrol Season 1, which is called Donkey Patrol. And uh, little wordplay there. Yeah, a little wordplay. I like, I like the uh, creativeness <laughs> on the titles there. Is, um, it, is it two on the nose? I don't think so. No. I like it. If it was me, I probably... That's like a title that I... If you guys are listening and you know of the work, the titles of like the the minute-by-minute things, it's a little... Sometimes could get wacky. Donkey Patrol seems like something that would pop into my head and be like, golden it. That's it. Mm -hmm. It's good. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. Instead of something where it's like, you know, uh, I don't know, a serious title? Yeah, a serious title. Like... um... Uh, just like that. Yeah. Just see, That like, was it. Just the silence? Yeah. Of the lambs? Episode two. What if they just called it that? Episode two? Yeah. yeah. What if they just said, season one, episode two, Doom Patrol. Here it is. Yeah. I mean, Enjoy. I'm trying to think, what were the Titans had, um, but they just had like, they I had think like, they were <sighs> like their names. They had, they had Hank and Dawn. They had Hawk, Hawk and, and Dove. Dove. Which those two work well together. Yeah. They work great together. I mm-hmm. think they had a Beast Boy one. I think it was just called Beast Boy, the Doom Patrol. Doom no, Patrol it was called was Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> they were, I don't think it was as yeah. creative. I think they were like, this is what it's about. Yeah. Here you go. But this is like, this is what it's about. But it's it's funny. I laugh inside. Internally, I laugh. And this whole episode, I laughed. Um, basically, what happened last time was the recap. You've seen the recap, so you know what's happening. You saw last episode, hopefully. So now you're listening to this. I think, and there nobody who's listening to this podcast. I don't, don't even tell them what happened last episode. Force them to go listen yeah, to it. Well, yeah, because well, I don't think anyone is listening to this podcast not having seen the episode yet. I'm sure they. I, I've been there. I've done things like that. You've done things. Oh, yeah, Nate, you are. I've jumped into cause, <laughs> the the little silly joke that they say on podcasts where it's like. It's it's both sides of the coin. Imagine the listener, this is their first time ever jumping into anything, mm-hmm. or versus um, you're supposed to know that they are caught up on everything. 
Uh, oh, like we're supposed to know everything? No. Oh, first of all, let me start off. Yeah. Uh, I was thanking you. I thanked the DJ, but uh-huh. now I want to apologize yeah. to the listeners. Oh, okay. All 12 of them. Uh, sorry for saying Arnold Blake's name wrong, whose name is actually Arnold Drake. Yeah, we were saying that for God knows how I was how saying long. it for years. I had a whole Mandela effect about Arnold Blake slash Drake, which I was saying Arnold Blake for and years. nobody corrected And no us. one corrected me. I've been saying it for so long, which when you told me today uh-huh. that his name was Arnold Drake, mm-hmm. I didn't believe you. I thought you were lying. I looked it yeah, up myself. What? Why? What drove us to think Why that? Why did no one correct me? And all the time, I've been saying his name wrong. Maybe because nobody knows Doom Patrol. I don't know. <laughs> Why they were so nobody? At, nobody was correcting me. Not a single person was correcting me. So uh, if it's okay with you guys, I'm just gonna keep saying Arnold Blake because oh y'all gosh, wrong anyways. <laughs> uh, Arnold Drake is his name. Don't wear it out. Today we're talking about uh, Doom Patrol, Donkey Patrol. The town, which we find out in today's episode, uh, oh yeah, this is since it's a podcast that you hopefully seen the episode. We're just going to go into spoiler territory so we can start talking about things. Um, this is this town is called Cloverton, Ohio. Um, the, is that a new thing for us? Is, Doing shows that um, I feel like we've tried to keep a spoiler thing under. We do a minute by minute thing where like yeah. we have already watched the movie, but we play it off as we're watching it fresh. That yeah, each minute. we haven't seen it in so long. Which in in that case, we actually haven't seen those yeah. movies. So with these types of shows, like it is totally spoiler okay. It is so like you can do that. Actually, it's well, yeah. That's the weird thing. This one is actually more spoiler uh, driven, heavy. Like more people are like, oh wait, don't talk about spoilers. I haven't seen it yet. And here we are breaking that wall yeah. going, hey, we're going to talk about the spoilers. But on You the, had to have seen this. Yeah, but then the Minute by Minute podcast, where it's like those movies came out two, three years ago, we're acting like, oh, we can't spoil it yet because we're not there yet. But those movies came out three years ago. I don't know why. It's, it's, it's weird. fucking dumb, man. <laughs> Speaking of fucking dumb, uh, <laughs> this fucking episode. So this town opens up, right? Giant hole in the ground. Yeah. Um, so... There's a lot um, that I think this is this episode is influenced a lot by the painting that's that stole Paris, which is a Grant Morrison Doom Patrol arc that happened after crawling from the wreckage and after the Butterfly Collector. Mm-hmm. After those six issues, then is the painting that stole Paris because it's this whole Mister Nobody um, series. And, but instead of a painting that he introduces that steals Paris, it's a donkey that steals Cloverton, Ohio. Okay. It's like the super discount version of that. Like, mm-hmm. like DC couldn't get the rights to Paris. They said, don't even put Paris in a donkey. They said, how about Cloverton, Ohio? And they said, who? And they <laughs> said, okay, <laughs> we got it. No one's going to question it. Nobody even knows if Cloverton, Ohio, is an actual town in real life. I guess it's in, in easy, our dimension. An easy Google search, but Google, what's that? Well, I don't know what Google is. I know what. Never heard of it. Frugal is. Yeah, I, I go to askjeeves.com. Oh. Um. Anyways, so yeah, uh, the donkey swallows up all of Cloverton, Ohio, including a new character called Ezekiel. 
the mm. Roach. Have you heard of this man? Mm-mm. Very prominent in the Roach community. Is he? Yes. He's very. a figurehead in the Roach. Uh, uh, more of a nuisance. Oh, more of a nobody wants to be seen with him. Oh, it's a crazy fanatic. Anyways, yeah. I don't He's know. Shouting about the end times and stuff. I isn't don't he? know. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why they included the character. Uh, I hope he is a reoccurring. I guy. hope he's a reoccurring character. Yeah. I love this Roach character. I don't think he will be. I feel like there was some that. Oh happened come in this on! It's easy. Do you put? Come on! I don't know. Everybody, he's the Roach. He, the yeah. Roach is a. I mean, it's an it's a, it's an animal that can come back through all those apocalyptic events. Yeah, and so he's he's still with it, and he keeps asking for death, but it never happens for him. It happens to everyone else, but not him. Is that what he's shouting about on the trash can? Yeah, he's excited about um, he's excited about this uh, apocalyptic event, and so he's he's prepared for it. He's preparing his whole life for it, and so he gets sucked up into this donkey. um, And I hope we see him again. I I did too. He was good. Uh, Alan Tudyk said it was his favorite character. Did he? Yeah, I like Alan Tudyk. Did he? Mister Nobody did. um, I'm. See, this is where I teeter on mm-hmm. uh, hypocrisy. I like it when Mr. Nobody's breaking the fourth wall in the beginning of this episode mm-hmm. where he's talking about the Grant Morrison fans, the, the oh, two, yeah. the two people are that are to? left that are after the donkey show. Like, that's... Donkey show, hey oh, That's funny. Um, who is he talking to? He's talking to us. This whole... Oh, man. I just love how... And he's having an aneurysm. Yeah, I, I love how meta the, all of this is. Like, yeah. weird. It's It's so... It's just screaming at you that you're watching a television show, mm-hmm. and it's man, man. It's, it's like you're supposed to be believing that these events are happening, and yet Mister Nobody's there, like basically giving you saying, like, "Hey, this isn't real. This is a television show. Nothing makes sense." And mm-hmm. then it's also the confusion because if he's saying that he's outside of this source wall that we have created in DC, where he's a character himself, and yet he is talking to us like he's on our level you know what i mean yeah and i think it it's like it's it's such a smart move because let's say the do the 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 show does something not not too great right then it's like you can just easily blame it on the meta aspect that mm-hmm. It's it's a show. It doesn't exist. It's supposed Mr. to be not great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One of those things. So like, um, jumping way forward, there's a there's a part where Mister Nobody is literally narrating their lives and their mm-hmm. actions. And and what's metaphysical about it is the fact that there are people in a writer's room or someone writing the episode, and they're writing this stuff down. And whether they do it for this show or whether they go write it. For, for another show or another movie or a stage play, whatever, you're writing and you're telling the characters and now the character will say something for exposition. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those things. And it's like, they're, they're narrating, they're actually putting that in the episode. So whether it's good or bad, whether a, a character is saying a line for pure exposition, that's the joke. And so that's what's funny about it is that it's working and mm-hmm. you can't critique it. You can't say like, like it's hard for someone to write a review against Doom Patrol and, and be against it and be like, oh, well, there's too many lines of, of pure exposition. And they're like, yeah, but that's that's the joke. That's that's, w- <laughs> that's and, the point. And, and Mr. Nobody is, is commenting 
on that and and that's what's so funny about it is that not only does it work but it also protects the show from any criticism i don't know it's 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 in my opinion it's it's fantastic um but yeah he does have that grant morrison joke it's it's i think it's i think it's great that now it's calder um has that that back and forth with him so that we he actually addresses it and he's like who are you talking to yeah yeah (laughs) and he's almost kind of uh interested in that almost like like he wants to know more about it um Niles Calder, we don't see him. Spoiler because he gets taken away. But how did you like Niles Calder in this episode as a whole? I guess we'll just try to generalize him a bit because he seems very different. Yeah, than um, what we thought we were going to get. Like normally, there's there's two different types of Niles Calder. Yeah. There is classic Arnold Drake Niles Calder, who is kind of what we're seeing. But then there's he's like a discount Professor X. He, he's nicer than Professor X. He's nicer than both versions of Niles Calder we've seen in the past. This is a, this is a Niles Calder who is a seems like a very good person. It's mm, yeah. It seems like his um, his his personal gain is non-existent right now. Mm-hmm. That might change. Um, yeah. But yeah, he seems like he's more along the lines of helping these individuals that mm-hmm. have come into his life mm-hmm. versus <laughs> we've been watching another show lately <laughs> yeah you know what show i'm talking about no uh it has like an umbrella in it oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. writer for doom patrol also uh-huh. wrote that one yeah anyways yeah so there you, is a you, father you, figure in that one and you played drums or something no, no, terrible. <laughs> no. <laughs> i think you wrote a song called i'm not okay yeah <laughs> something about a black parade no. anyways <laughs> Um, let's uh, hang on. Let's get that in the open. Huge fan of the man. Oh, Gerard Way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Don't, yeah, let's not downplay guys, too much. Come on. Check this out is, Umbrella these are Academy jokes. on Netflix. The man is a genius. Anyway. Anyways. Let's go on. Um. Yeah. So we're watching the father, Umbrella. Um, Hard, the father. Hargreaves. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is piece of shit. Now it's Calder. That is. You guys have special powers. You're here to protect the world, and you all have issues, but execute plan three doom patrol mm-hmm. you know what i mean so that is like the now's calder that i kind of expected i expected kind of hard greaves yeah asshole Niles there's calder. one thing that they dropped in this show that i feel like we should pay attention to is um and they bring it up in this episode as well mm-hmm. um niles said in the first episode that um my enemies will be looking for me And they say it in this one again. Mm -hmm. He said the chief said, you know, his enemies are going to be looking for him. They're not enemies of the Doom Patrol. They're enemies of Niles Calder. Yes. So, like, all these people, Robot Man, Negative Man, Elastigirl, like, they're kind of stuck in this, uh, you know... Yeah, and just that, like phase of trying to help, not like they do. They feel like they're indebted to him. Like they feel like they have to. In from. A Doom Patrol standpoint, if you're kind of like elevator pitching it, <clears throat> yes. you can give their, t- especially with the with the Arnold Drake versions, you can give them their l- little team dynamic of a group of misfits that through their misfit powers, they work together even more well. They work well together um, <laughs> versus like their differences that separate them because they are completely different. It's like a wholesome, good hero story of misfits that felt like they were outcast. You know, people can relate yes. to that. Um, 
I lost my train of thought. You know, it's very strategic. It is. It's it's strategic because in my in, in the way that I experienced Doom Patrol when I read the books mm-hmm. was that these were a group of of characters with meta powers, but they weren't seeking out to do justice. Yeah. Okay. So they I didn't got have it. villains to fight. Yeah. They just. You know, like when the scissor men show up, the scissor men show up. Yeah. And they're like, oh, end of the world. Guess we've got to yeah. deal with it. Yeah. You know, Mr. Nobody shows up and steals Paris. Guess we've got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. The butterf- butterfly collector collects them and then they have to deal with it. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's. They don't have enemies. They don't I mean, have like, enemies. Unless you're like, and, uh, and Mr. Nobody, I think in the books, at you know, towards the end, doesn't consider them enemies. They're just. It just had a. They were they just bested him. Gerard Way's Doom Patrol, which is further established Doom Patrol, they seem to have enemies because the uh, soldiers but they're, are. But they're enemies that are working. Someone wants the negative man yeah. energy and wants to take it from him. You have Danny Ambulance. Yeah, I don't uh, see. It's hard to consider them enemies versus just they just they're the threat that just happens to show up and, and the doom on patrol the, on the run, yeah, yeah. And, and and doom patrol are the only Well they want the ambulance that. that's for sure. Yeah. And so then Casey Dra- Casey They were enemies of Danny sure, but they're not enemies of Robot Man. They're not enemies mm-hmm. of Negative Man. They're not that's, enemies of That's that's who always has enemies. Danny always has enemies. Yeah. Whether I mean, it's in so Grant does Niles, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And Grant Morrison has yeah. The Brotherhood of Nowhere. Yeah. They, like he's always had enemies, but do, like doom patrol does not have enemies. And so so oh, oh so I I Found the train. So with Niles in this episode, mm-hmm. um, the point of them having to like save and band together and all this stuff like mm-hmm. that, um, it's almost like they're doing. Uh, I see they're what tra- you're you know at. what I'm trying to get at. Yes. They're, so they're, they want to save this version of Niles Calder that we see, yeah, which is cool. Yes, I'm sure in other books, especially in the Grant Morrison books, they they do go after Niles uh, to help him and save him and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But he is still that asshole of a character. It's, uh, like I said, it, it's very smart writing mm-hmm. because you know Niles Calder can't be in action. So you have to take him out of the action. And then you don't just take him out and say, all right, sideline him until we need him again. You say, well, what if he is the goal of the action? Like, what if you take him out of the picture so that Doom Patrol can do their thing? Without Niles Calder being a um, a liability, but then you take him and you go, okay, well, let's have them work through the action so that they can get to Niles Calder. Mm-hmm. That's smart. That's a smart move. And then also he has the actor Timothy Dalton has screen time because he's also in flashbacks and stuff. And mm-hmm. so it's 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 just really smart writing where they like, okay, we're gonna we need to take the character out of the picture, but we can make them yeah. the goal, and so that way he's at least still within. The dialogue that people mm-hmm. are saying, "Hey, how do we get Niles Calder back?" and what happened to him? All mm-hmm. that exposition can then explain it as well. So, so to answer your question, I, what I was my question? You asked me what do I feel about Niles Calder? Oh in this yeah, episode. yeah, I enjoyed him in this episode, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in the flashbacks because mm-hmm. it was that nicer side. I think oh, it yeah. was that bright-eyed, starry-eyed it makes guy you feel that good. did want to help people. Yeah, I like to think that once Niles picks up the characters uh, when he starts helping them. Um, like the the people in the house, he begins to break down himself and loses himself with them in trying to help them and 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 save them from whatever. Yeah, he, I think he loses himself in that aspect. I think they're setting and us it's a up vanity thing. I think they're setting us up for a 
um, a skeleton closet thing with him. Is that the right term? Where it's like you have demons? Yeah. 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 Skeletons in the closet. R. Kelly. Can you still say that? Nope. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> skeleton closet, I thought it was called. No, skeleton key. It was a movie. It was a book. Was it a movie as well? Yeah, I think it was a movie, but it was a book. It's like a preteen, yeah, a young teen, young adult book. Um, skeletons, skeletons, in your in, skeletons in the closet. Oh, he's got a lot of skeletons in your closet, in the closet. Not a skeleton closet. No, it's not you're a, right. It's skeleton not a, key is a thing. Yeah, but the skeletons in your closet is. Are they related? Secrets. Skeleton key. No, a skeleton oh. key is a real thing. Like that's supposed to be like a master key. I think they just call it a master key now, which is like a skeleton key was supposed to be like it opens up every lock. It's you know uh-huh. it's the little one with the stupid bar and the one thing on it huh. you know you can look through a keyhole i don't know yeah like the donkey keyhole i don't really know. yeah i don't i don't think there's something there i don't think you can look through a keyhole anyway um skeletons in your closet skeleton okay there are definitely i think they're setting us up mm-hmm. for skeletons mm-hmm. in timothy dalton's niles calder's closet i think so as well um we get a little bit of a look into it in this episode yeah Wait, do we? Yeah, we see. Uh, uh, Cliff finds the Jane tapes, which is oh, kind of yeah. It's 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 locked away. It's behind a chain. Yes. It's like all these things. It's like yeah. crazy. Jane seemed to be like a power that mm-hmm. that Miles Calder couldn't control. Yeah. And, whenever we go into that basement where he where he does his training or whatever he does with the with the Doom Patrol, that's when I feel like there's something this guy hasn't been honest about, and I don't know why, but I think. Most importantly, with the Cyborg flashback, which we still haven't even talked about that character yet, but uh, Cyborg's in this episode. If you haven't known, but now you know, uh, Cyborg's in the episode, and although it's it's tradition that the relationship between Victor Stone and Silas Stone, his father, is uh, almost non-existent, um, his relationship with Niles Calder is wholesome it's sweet uh they definitely care uh enjoy each other's company uh he seems more like a father figure than silas stone but i think again that is setting us up for cyborg to be let down by the man that he looks up to pun intended because the guy's in a wheelchair so he has to look down but oh mark (laughs) that's mean that's true um but yeah um victor stone Shows up, and it, it's the first time that I've ever seen in action Cyborg being a superhero on his own. You know, we don't have a Cyborg movie yet, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. We don't have uh, a Cyborg show of himself, of his own, you know, something like that. Um, even in shows that do have Cyborg in it, Teen Titans, Justice League, um, Young Justice, Cyborg is always part of a team and is never shown doing work on his own. Not even in Flashpoint when he works for the president. It, mm-hmm. Like he never, it never seems like Cyborg is out fighting crime on his own. And what does that what does that look like if we had a solo Cyborg story? This shows it. Like right in the beginning with like him stopping a mugging and the most um, at, at, as of right now because there's nothing else to compare to. It is probably the most creative thing I've ever seen uh, someone do with a character because. This is what the character is. He's a cyborg. He should be able to do this kind of technology to his advantage to fight crime. And so he's using this ATM to just dog on these two uh, 
burglars, and I think it's great. I think it's fantastic that. I think they're muggers, not burglars. What's the difference, Nate? Uh, oh, mugger. Yeah, yeah. I said mugging. So I think burglary in. Uh, I don't say muggers a lot. So I think, I think bur- burglary uh, is about possession. Maybe taking burglary means you break item. into something and then burglar. In, I don't know. Burgle. You got burgle something. You got a burglar. You got a burgle something. You got a burglar something. You got a burglar. You Isn't that a, what they uh, they called um, Bilbo? Wasn't he a burglar? Yeah, he was a burglar. Um, so you go and you invade someone's privacy, pri- property, privacy, and steal. They got to have a privacy fence. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah, they can't have one of those dogs with the invisible fence with the Ooh, shot collars. Those I don't like. Um, those. But. Um, so we're introduced to Victor, and um, this is this is um, going back to more of the Silver Age cyborg, right? This is like um, original cyborg because mm, I think what original we... cyborg was gold, but okay, okay, <laughs> some sort of precious metal. I age. think it's 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 uh, it's hard to tell because he's got like the half face where it's like um, Teen Titans animated, kind of, kinda. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I I picture this more of a. Uh, I don't. Th- I don't know. He's not. He's not a titan. He's not mother box. No, cyborg. he's not mother See, box. That's cyborg. the big difference because now in continuity, since the new fifty two, since two thousand eleven, which is only well, eight we don't, years ago. I mean, we don't know well, if he's mother box cyborg. Ago. No, no, no. His dad was putting him. His dad has been putting him together. His dad has been giving. So is him he just like? just appliances and stuff and computers he's not like, like enhanced alien it's, technology it's no yeah it's more like um yeah, it's more like ghost in the shell type thing more like uh he drops a name it, in here does he drop a name yeah he drops a name so it might help us try to fill in the blanks wait whose name this he drops right? grid's name oh yes so he he takes so a what if to... that's what it is it's not mother box maybe the technology is called grid and it's what his dad built for him yeah, okay, so I'm trying to remember in Forever Evil, Grid came to be because why? Why did Grid? Yeah, was he an alien? Was he a part no, of no, no. Uh, well, a Mother Box I think technology? normally it's just that Grid becomes... Um, grid becomes... Um, what is it called? Sentient? Sentient, yeah. Like, that's what it is. is that, and he's like, oh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I... Like, as the robot and, and the code, like, I am the superior part of you. Mm-hmm. And I don't need you. I don't... It's like, I don't need the organic flesh. I'm out of here. And so, it's... I Again, it's one of those jaw-dropping moments uh, of this show is when we hear names like that, like Danny the Street and stuff like that. We get a grid, a grid drop. And he mentions grid. I love grid. I love that... Um, you know, out of Cyborg's villains, I think that's a, that's a great villain. I think if they do do a Cyborg film, that's a great thing to talk about. Like, put Grid as the villain. Um, yeah, but then at what point is it just Age of Ultron? Yeah, but it's more um, streamlined Age of Ultron. It's more okay. it's more coherent and Get it's more point. like it's more focused. Mm-hmm. It's like stick to this part and just make it Tony Stark versus Age of Ultron, okay, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like we get a, he drops the name grid. He communicates to grid. 
so he knows of grid mm-hmm. and he talks about it and i'm pretty sure there's no mother box or father box involved which is what young justice introduces um and so i'm pretty sure his dad put him back together it's his technology and so when it was the mother box kind of cyborg the technology is all up in his system. You know, we remember Dawn of Justice, it was like wrapping around like his, yeah, uh, all his, his wounds, cord, his spinal cords, stuff, and yeah. it was it was laying in foundation. Mm-hmm. Silas Stone, because he is putting cybernetics on Cyborg to save his life, they can be extrusions. They can be like, this is a piece of hardware attached to the, your face mm-hmm. like it's not embedded in your face it's oh like, i get what you mean and that's okay. why and so when you see cyborg and you go well you know if you're going to be criticizing it and you might go oh that looks like an actor who just has like a mask on and robot gloves mm-hmm. on and it's like you're kind of right because it's kind of the truth of it you know like his dad took his arms off and said here put on this metal glove mm-hmm. you know, let me put this you know piece of hardware on your face mm-hmm. it, it really is just that because it's Silas Stone's grid tech, not Darkseid's mother box. Okay. And uh I get you. And I like it. You know, I, I like I'm, it. I'm hoping to I'm hoping they get comfortable and they and they show the rest of his body. Mm-hmm. I I'm pretty sure they're hiding it just for um budget reasons, but um I think it looks good and you know, I'm okay with it. Um we do it's weird. You mentioned this while we were watching the episode, but you were saying that it's 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 an era of cyborg we haven't seen before, where it's like mm-hmm. the what did you say grace period. Um, it's like in between. Yeah, it's like a it's a gestation period. <laughs> Let's go back to grace period. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's yeah, it's a little grace period. Um, I was starting to think it, but I don't think it's it's that anymore. I said at first that it's. Um, Post Teen Titans, pre Justice League, but I don't think he was ever a part of the Titans in this universe. Are we obviously, are we assuming obviously. that Titans DC this the show Titans is still in the same universe as this? Yeah, it because he's from Detroit, so wouldn't he have run into? Oh, he is from Detroit. Yeah, Did we talk about that? No, we didn't talk about that. So wouldn't he have run into the Titans at some point in there, or at least known of Robin? I don't know, going to Detroit. Yeah, it is in Detroit. Or maybe uh <clears throat> I don't know. There was a thing in Titans where they where Robin showed up in Detroit or something like that and they said, "We don't want you here. Get out." They're like, "No masks. We don't want masks involved." And is Cyborg considered a mask? Is he one that's being scrutinized by I wonder if Detroitians? Do you think that do you think Cyborg is still a possibility to join the Titans? It's the only one we're missing. In the show, is that what I'm saying? You is that think what you're it's saying? a possibility? I mean, like, I mean, they could do another crossover. I don't think so. I think they are thinking that Cyborg is, is not involved in the Teen Titans. Yeah, I think this is like he's in he's in Doom Patrol, but it's right there. It's kind of <sighs> cool. I mean, like, uh, yeah, it's right. It is right there. It's but like also, easily... where would you rather see him? Um, I would like to see him finish out this whole first season. Mm-hmm. And then be like, I learned something. And yeah. then like season two of Titans, he crosses over and then he stays with him. Kind of like a, a Miles O'Brien thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was trying to, to imagine in my head of, of the Beast Boy that we have seen now. 
and this cyborg like being friends and trying to figure out where that would lead the rest of the dynamic of Titans. Well, this this cyborg and and that Robin having to you know one this one was trying to get into Justice League and mm-hmm. he's kind of been and the dead. other one rejected it. Yeah, and this one's like it's like who's going to be the leader, mm-hmm. which is an episode of Teen Titans two thousand four that we've seen. Was it? Yeah, they like fight for leadership. It's like one of the first few episodes. I don't remember. It's like the first episode, I think. Okay. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I I could see this cyborg with Titans. It's the same universe, so and it's Detroit. I'm glad you caught that because I did not catch that whatsoever. Um, but yeah, I I at least another crossover episode um, with them would be great. Um, so. There's another cool thing that happens here, and, and we talked about it with Niles Calder um, disappearing for sake of storytelling. Um, there's a division that happens with Doom Patrol where Cliff Steele stays in Cloverton, Ohio, the remains of it, to try and find what happened to Jane and, and Niles Calder. But Rita and... Um, Larry. Larry... Um, they go back to um, the house. The house, and so what I was getting was that we were getting both both takes of Doom Patrol so far, which have been the Arnold Drake and the Grant Morrison Doom Patrol. And so throughout this entire episode, we we continue to have this this side plot that is you know, Robot Man and Crazy Jane and, and dealing with each other's uh, depression and, and and their perils internally. But then also Larry Trainer and, and Rita, they do their thing as well, where they suffer with each other and they go through the, the whole thing. And I thought that was great because I enjoy both character development moments. But one just seems more like a Grant Morrison moment, character development, mm-hmm. storytelling, and then the other one, you know, reminds me of those... Arnold Drake vibes, which I think is is, is fantastic. And um, again, like we said in in the last episode, Rita Farr's character, Elastigirl, has never even been Elastigirl. I don't think we've ever talked about that, but I guess when we saw Titans Doom Patrol crossover episode, we had assumed that at some point she knew how to control her powers, but that she still struggles or something like that. Apparently she's never even attempted to be Elastic Girl. So when we throw that name around, it's like, that doesn't exist. She's always just been Rita Farr, who's been struggling to deal with her blob form, like mm-hmm. t- controlling mm-hmm. the, the skin to stay together, um, which is which is really interesting. It, it's it's. I think it's safe to assume that none of them have had, like, no. training. Yeah. It's not, they're not a team. They're... And they don't even I train. guess, I don't like even know. They, so what was Niles doing? Was he just studying them and their conditions and just giving them a place exactly. to live? Yeah. That's like, it? Like he wasn't training them to do, it wasn't, Mm-mm. it wasn't like Hargreaves and Umbrella Academy where he was training them to be superheroes. Um, it's just, it's just them trying to, it's just rehab. It's just rehab. There's nothing, there's no training. It's not boot camp or anything like that. And so, um, yeah, so there's this there's this division that happens with the, the the group, and so we have the robot man and then the negative man storylines. But um, we have this we have this little bit, this little comedic scene here with negative man trying to leave town. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's a really great scene. 
and it's it's humor first, but then you get to learn more about Negative Man, which is that he can't control this power, which is one of the first things you have to learn about the character, right? It's like mm-hmm. you have to learn that he basically goes unconscious, right, when he um, yeah unleashes Negative Man. Yes, uh, last episode we were talking about the negative energy itself. Mm-hmm. At first, it was hard getting used to because it's not the black... Um, yeah, figure silhouette, silhouette yeah. that we haven't seen before, but um, we get a good look at the negative energy at the end of the episode. And at the end of the episode, it's like they try to have a conversation with each other. Mm-hmm. He knows he gets unconscious when neg- the negative energy comes out, so he writes a message and leaves it for the negative energy. He tells the negative energy to wake up, and then it goes to read the message. When it happens, you finally get to see this negative energy. Um, with great detail mm-hmm. and it really is like it's a person um it's probably matt bomber still wearing just the green green screen suit and then they just put electrical effects o- around him and i enjoyed it more now that i got a good look at him even when they go into the mirror and they were showing like the negative energies eyeballs and they were also like these beads of electricity then i was like okay now i'm Mm-hmm. Like now I'm in it. Like I, I come around. Do you feel the same way, or do you? Um... Yeah, I'm curious as because um, I feel like the name Negative Man comes from the use of the n- negative space that the the silhouette mm-hmm. takes up. So I don't know if they're are they they haven't called him Negative Man yet. They haven't called him the Negative Man. They haven't. I feel like I think they've only maybe have said a Robot Man, and that's it. Yeah, they haven't they haven't said it. Yeah, because you said they didn't say Elastigirl. They didn't. They say said anything. Robot Man because it's, yeah. it's some robot man. A robot man was walking ro- by. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, oh, okay. I mean, you get Crazy Jane. I think Mister Nobody says Crazy Jane. Yeah, they say the Chief because the Chief, you know, mm-hmm. that's easy. Cyborg um, it goes by his alias. Yeah. So. <laughs> Sorry, we have the sound playing in the back, so it just caught our, both of our attention. Yeah, we're... Um, but yeah, it's I'm getting used to the negative energy. Um, I just want to see more of it. It's mm-hmm. the only thing I want to see what they can do with it. I want to see if it does, if it is its separate consciousness, or I mean, it's negative. It, it's it's energy, so it is an energy being that resides within Larry Trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want them to converse. Um. Yeah, I just I want to see more of uh, I want to see more negative man. We get a lot of him in this minute, but I want to see him in action. In this entire episode, you said minute, like we're talking about the minute. Oh gosh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I want to I want to see it more in action. It's still growing on me. I did like the the electric eyes. Yeah, electric love. Yeah, it's getting a a good closer shot of him. It definitely is like I'm I'm starting to buy it more. It's definitely a, a a new decision, a new a new way to look at the character. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but him in the bandages with the goggles and the bomber jacket—that's still great. I love it. It's all it's awesome. You look good. Mm-hmm. Um, so long story short, uh, the donkey throws up Crazy Jane. Uh, Cliff spits Steel, her back up. Yeah, Cliff Steele's been chasing this um, donkey around town. And uh, with the help of Cyborg, they get the donkey, but then the donkey then uh, regurgitates Crazy Jane, revealing that the donkey is the portal, uh, is the doorway to a different dimension. And so inside the donkey 
is all of Covington, Ohio. Is it called Covington? Covington? No. No. I just forgot the name of the town. Cloverton? Cloverton. Cloverton, Ohio. Mm -hmm. All Crazy Chain and uh, maybe the Chief, although the Chief does not come back out of the donkey at the end of the episode. But yeah, it it regurgitates Crazy Jane. They bring Crazy Jane back to the manor. Um, and then she she starts to go crazy with the personalities. Now, we haven't really um, got to know all her personalities, but they try to give us as much information as they can about it in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they kind of give us like a quick montage of all her abilities. Um, we've been looking for... Um, the the physical attributes yeah we noticed it in the (laughs) we noticed it in the pilot in the last episode um but with hammerhead apparently she has a chest tattoo um sometimes we see it sometimes we don't um and i'm and i'm curious if that's just our eyes deceiving us um baby doll definitely puts her hair up Mm -hmm. and i and i don't know if that's her doing it or when she transforms into that personality does it automatically do I that? I think it just automatically does it. Yeah. Because um, there's another persona that we get in this episode, and it's, you know, the appearance has changed. Yeah. Again. Well, there's a couple more. There's a couple. There's, yeah. uh, there's so many uh, Crazy Jane personalities that they throw at us. Mm-hmm. They throw... Uh, Silver Tongue. Silver Tongue, who mm-hmm. looks like a complete badass. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And that was her awesome. meta abilities are so cool. Um, she, like, her ability is that she literally... Her words become knives. Just, they become yeah, swords. Sheets of metal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she forms one of them into a sword. Yeah. Into and, an actual katana. Yeah. Um, and that's really cool. But when she um, did the you're so fucked, it was like, yeah. that's that's great. It's Stand- cool because doing that in a comic book, you can have them say it in a speech bubble and it come out of the speech bubble into a physical thing. Yes. With this, real people, it just manifests. Yeah. Like it just And they see out. it. Yeah. And, go, and you see fuck? it. Yeah. Man. It's so cool. It's so clever. And again, with this kind of show, it's just accepted. It's just like, yeah, yep, yeah, she did that. She just changed personality. She had those meta powers, and she did it. Silver Tongue, absolutely cool. I want to see more of her mm-hmm. for sure. Baby Doll, interesting. Great acting. Great acting. Amazing acting. Yeah, the ability from this to woman. switch on and Amazing off. Amazing acting. Yeah. Um, Hammerhead is always cool. She seems to be a regular. Um, <laughs> and then. Um, the hang the hangman's daughter seems to get uh, reintroduced in this episode. Um, I don't see the hangman's daughter much in Doom Patrol that I've read so far, just because it's not always called on. Um, but we see her more in this one, mm-hmm. and I like that because I do like the hangman's daughter persona. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what they, I'm, I'm trying to think, I'm putting it together in my head that it's, she's more of an artistic character mm-hmm. um, within her own self. She's an artist kind of thing. So yes. like adding that artistic uh, thing uh, element into this show, it's a good way to bring that character out more. Exactly. Absolutely. And, um, uh, there's going, there's, there's been a couple, like in the first episode, we got a painting this episode, we get painting it's there's, there's, I think in the beginning credits, there's also paintbrushes and stuff. So art yes. is, it's yeah. a, it's a prominent I, Yeah. I noticed that too show. this time yeah. in the intro is that so like, I'm thinking they're bringing out the hangman's daughter more as like, she's supposed to be mm-hmm. the art, the artist and maybe she'll be depicting things for the viewers. Uh, yeah. That kind of thing. Um, 
Yeah, originally, like, you're thinking of all these surgical equipments in the intro. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second time viewing, you go, wait a minute, that's just a bunch of art supplies. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not blood, that's paint. And so it is very interesting. Um, seeing Hang- Hangman's daughter again is is very interesting. Um, Johnny, who was watching the show with us, pointed out, I think, that the Hangman's daughter, her physical attribute, she has a Frida Kahlo Does unibrow. She? Um, it's at the end, it, it almost seems like she has a unibrow. I'll have to take a closer look, but I think she was right because we, we rewound it, if you will. Um, and it, and it definitely looked like she has a, a unibrow when she's, um, the hangman's daughter. Um, she gets a, hangman's daughter gets good screen time in the first episode, is, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. she does so the Maya Dern's, uh, she, uh, the white darkness. wonder if we can find the, the, the oh, there it is. It totally just happened. We were watching that, the tape. Yeah, because she did. She, she, is that her? Oh, and she went to go draw. Yeah, okay. she went to go draw the the um, the underground, mm-hmm. which is a fan. She gets a freedom. She gets a Frida Kahlo That's unibrow. Crazy! Wow, we just saw that in real time. That's crazy. Confirmed. Mm-hmm. She has physical attributes. I I know uh, Hammerhead has a chest tattoo. It's just. Um, sometimes it was there. I think her, uh, her fishnets are getting, yeah, the shirt is covering it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, impeccable acting. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost reminds me of Rose McIver's character in I zombie, who's tasked with playing a different type of character every episode. And it's like, you guys sign up for some of the craziest somersaults in acting and good, good on you guys. But yeah, baby doll, silver tongue, silver tongue, badass. I want to see what more. What was the um? What was the show? Um, oh, about the woman with split personalities. Um, uh, a show. Of yeah, hang on, hang on, hang on. The United States of Terra or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Excuse me. Yeah, Terra something, and it was. I think it was called the Un- not United States, but I'm thinking of the song United States of whatever. What is that? Who's that by? <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, I want to stay on this, 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 this thread real quick. Um, you find it. It's called the United States of Terra. And she's schizophrenic. I think she has schizophrenia, uh, maybe dissociative, dissociative identity disorder, a condition that causes her to shift between multiple identities. Um, I was dating a girl that liked this show a lot and she would constantly say that um, the acting was great because uh, characters that, that have to play that mm-hmm. in dissociative identity disorder. Did I say that right? You probably did. Fantastic. Sounded good to me. Um, it's incredible. Uh, I don't know acting techniques that well, but I'm assuming that's that's very difficult to master. Um, especially, you know, if you get the, the screen time and someone's, you know, wanting you to put on that performance, you got to be good at it. So you Diane, gotta, you got to commit. You're committed. You're doing great, lady. Love you. Hope you listen. Um, what is the other one? Lady Fugue? Is that the other one we saw? You remember Fugue? Yeah, something she Fugue. She was like the electric. Lucy Fugue. Lucy Fugue? Lucy Fugue. Lucy I think Fugue. you're right. Yeah. Lucy Fugue. She has um, electro powers. Yeah. That was cool too. What is that supposed to do? I'm trying to think of the Electric name. Electric people? Fugue state. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's, um, yeah. Fugue state is like... like you think like they have something in it. Um, maybe she puts yeah, you in Yeah, but you see state. how her eyebrows are, are separated now when she's normal? Crazy. Incredible. Yeah. Good catch on the eyebrows. Um, Katie, they introduce Katie. Katie is... They, they keep her like she's... Um, like she's important. 
Like they talk her up like she's important, like this. But she she's like this pyro. She's like Johnny. She's not Sun Daddy. Johnny Blaze. Yeah, or something. Johnny Storm. Yeah, I, John, what's his name? Johnny, Johnny Storm. Storm. Johnny Blaze is Ghost Rider. Johnny is his name really Johnny Blaze? I should know this. Johnny Blaze is Ghost Rider. Wow. Johnny Storm is. Good on you, Marvel. Fires. Um, Who? What's his name? What Human is Johnny? Torch. Human Torch. <laughs> I was like, not Firestorm. That's another guy. Firestarter. Nope, that's another guy too. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm not entirely uh, on the up and up with the character, the persona of Katie. Katie. I don't no. know who that is. I, I, I was assuming that it like, was Kate Chalice. Yeah, or Katie was, Chalice. Um, I don't. Ooh, I like uh, that voice. Yeah, that, that's really cool. That Lucy Fugue, Lucy Fugue voice. Um. Yeah, it looks like she attacks like their nervous systems or something like that and just puts you in a crazy Ooh, state. I like the electricity effects on that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Hold on. Let me see if I got this chest tattoo and hammer. Yep, there it is. Is it? It's an eagle. Okay. It's there. Okay. Confirmed. Big, big hammerhead tattoo. Um, yeah, she... Oh, uh, maybe it is? Whoa, that's what it should be. A hammerhead tattoo? A hammerhead shark on the chest. The two on the nose. Jeff Johns, listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um but yeah, so going back to the Katie character, um big fire persona. Um like I said, I don't know much about it. I'm excited to learn more. I will uh go back and flip through some Doom Patrol uh physical material to see if it comes up. Um I'm very curious. I've never seen Silver Tongue. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm gonna have to look and maybe see. I just wasn't paying attention, or if they just ma- mentioned it. Sometimes, offhand. sometimes her personas, I feel like in the comic books, it's like a panel. Yeah, will happen, and then it switches, and, and, it's, like, and it's like, oh crap, and like you I miss lost it. it. Yeah, and sometimes like you don't notice it's her until like she shows up in a panel. She's got a different hat on. Mm-hmm. It's just like eccentric enough to go try different clothes or something, yeah. and then you're like, oh, okay, new persona. This really helps. Um or sometimes it's really just her snapping out of it going, what am I doing in here? I can't fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it is a really cool, great moment with uh, Crazy Jane and her wonderful personalities. Um, but then we, we definitely get into what I think is a, is a fantastic Rita Farr moment. And, and I don't want Rita Farr to be overlooked because I, I think the woman also commits to being an actress in the fifties in present day and struggling with that because that's all she has left. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think Mr. Nobody touches on that when, when he oh, yeah. tortures her, that's all she has. That's and so she's hard. committed to it. Yeah. And so it's almost like, it's like, that's who she is. Mm-hmm. But in order to stay sane, she has to be acting mm-hmm. as herself. And so it's like acting as you were, 60 years 20, 70 years ago yeah that's it's it's kind of funny because that she that's what her acting performance has to be is herself and so it's of course that she's a stereotypical 1950s like actor diva exactly and so you have these these great lines from her where she doesn't want to i guess they're going to funnel her into this donkey mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah they they wanted to get her to just peek inside of it so she brought up the like it was all her idea. Yeah, giving it to them. Mm-hmm. Like you want me to put me in a trash bag, make me all goop, and just get one of my eyeballs to stick out. Like she <laughs> cake batter. Like you're like you're like what is that? You're icing a cake kind of thing. 
Um, that's great. I think it's. I liked that her little uh, her little breakdown of what she could do was so like in touch with her blob self. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do we make this blob into a useful thing? Rita, you just thought of it. You, exactly. you got you got step one of control over your power, lady. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just watching it again, I'm admiring. Like, it's it is. She's such a diva. She's this Hollywood old Hollywood diva, and it's so so well done because it's like it's such an interesting character. And again, when we think of Elastigirl in Arnold Drake comics, in you know even in the TV animated shows of, mm-hmm. of Elastic Girl, we've never seen this kind of, we've never seen, uh, and we've never seen Rita Farr, uh, Elastic Girl. Like I, I don't, we've never seen Diva. I, I'm, well, I've never biz? seen, I've never seen this kind of Grant Morrissey Elastic Girl. Yeah, me neither. And I don't, at least not yet. And I remember her being not included in the original run of Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol. I don't mm-hmm. know if, Later on, they bring her into it because then they figure it out. But they were like, oh, we're introducing all these other characters. Like, Rita Farr didn't have a place in Grant Morrison's Game yeah. Patrol. And so now we're... Crazy Jane had the place. So it's like, But you got both yeah, of them in the well, show. And, but then you have, like, Dorothy and, mm-hmm. and, and Jason is in it. And, and all these other characters get introduced. Yeah, I didn't know if that uh, Katie persona was supposed to be, like, a Jason kind of tip of the hat with the fire abilities. I don't know. I, and, and it doesn't seem like... Honestly, it seems like Cyborg is their Jason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's someone that... He's serious. The he chief wants, knows. He's, yeah, and it's like, hey, yeah. we got this he's task the only one, to do. Yeah, he's the only one who seems together with mm-hmm. what he is. So, that, it seems like they were like, okay, well, let's take Jason out. We'll put in Cyborg. Um, But, yeah, this is a... This is... There's nothing really like this version of Rita Farr. And I think that's fantastic. I think this iteration of the character, I think they figured out how to get her into the weird side of Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is because, <laughs> it's this blob. Yeah, it's the fact that she can't control her powers and it's grotesque and she's a complete diva. I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, long story short, they they lose her. They, inside the donkey, yeah, she slips we in. have this whole CGI scene where they put her inside the esophagus of this donkey, mm-hmm. and it is really grotesque. I don't even care if you want to judge CGI. I think the whole, Shut, yeah, at this point, like, I, it, it's one of those. I'm not caring about. It's one that. of those things. It's yeah. <laughs> I'm they, just happy the Doom Patrol's they, they a television put, show, man. <laughs> they could put the donkey as like a cartoon drawing, and yeah. that would be like like a 2D thing, even a cardboard. And I'd be like, that out. makes sense. That yeah. makes sense to me. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. They could have like a Roger Rabbit style donkey, mm-hmm. and I would be like, I'm, yeah. uh, literally, they could probably do just about anything in this show, and I would be totally accepting. Yeah, and and they do. They get really weird with it at the second half of this episode, or Cyborg. This is one of my favorite parts, man. Yeah, you were. You were ecstatic about this. Nate, why don't you go ahead and explain what's going on here? All right, so after they get sucked into the donkey, it shows, it opens up a beautiful lake view. Um, the three characters, Cyborg, Rita Farr, and Negative Man, are now like standing in the middle of this lake, uh, kind of on the edge. The shore's right in front of them. Um, there's a bunch of crosses with pictures taped to them. We're assuming that it's pictures of the, the town's folk of uh, this Ohio town, um, as well as Ezekiel the cockroach. He's there. Yeah, he gets Our his boy. own photo. Yeah, which is, is he great. Ezekiel the Roach. Well, um, I better see him. He better come back. 
Um, so they're standing there, and right next to those, uh, in, in the middle, rather, of those crosses are three <laughs> uh, stands with headphones on them. They have their names written down somewhat. I think it's uh, Miss Blob or something Mrs. like that. Goopy? Mrs. Goop. Mrs. Uh, Goop. Uh, what is... Pilot guy. I don't know. Negative, <laughs> negative, negative guy. I don't know what he is. Energy man. Um, and Cyborg is the only one with his name drawn up because he is somewhat famous. Um, but the, it's, it's headphones on a stand, much like a <laughs> audio tour in a museum. And I am ecstatic about that. It's breaking so many walls. It's so metaphysical at this point where once they, they walk up, they put on the headphones, and Mr. Nobody's a narrator, and he's literally narrating what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Them looking around in disbelief, them trying to figure out what they're listening to is matching up with what they're doing. And then it finally gets to a point where he's like, and our heroes move onward. Our heroes move onward. And I'm sitting there saying like, no, walk forward. He's narrating what you're doing. Go. <laughs> you are in the museum. Go. You're the art piece, guys. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Mr. Nobody, you are a king. Yeah, it is so well played. It mm-hmm. is, and that's what I was saying earlier. Where it's like, it's like he, they could be saying pure expositional lines, and it's like for the humor, and it's like also for actual information, and it, and it works so well in in so many ways. Um, this this walking art tour, like that, to me is a complete Grant Morrison, Mister mm-hmm. Nobody bit, where I, it's like. Yes, please. More yeah. of this. It's, it's weird because it was so. It, it took me out of myself for a moment because once I started putting it together in my mind that they were essentially in a museum looking at artwork and, and going. And, and later on, they do see a, a few paintings. And Mark, when you and I went out to do this podcast, we had a vision in our head. And that was, uh, you can see it on the uh, artwork for this podcast. It's mm-hmm. this, this mm-hmm. idea of art installations that Doom Patrol yes. exist in. Yes. That it's so metaphysical where you they themselves are the art exhibit. And the fact that that was brought into this second episode where I like it was just a moment of clarity between you and I having ideas for this podcast and them shoving it down our throats where it is art exhibit, art exhibit, art exhibit. And you and I finally clicking with that, wanting mm-hmm. that image and, and what that wanted to be. It just made sense. Yeah. It just felt perfect. And I'm glad they're... And, and almost I wanted to like like pick up a phone and, and call and be like, hey, how did you know what Mark and I were talking about? Like, that's <laughs> what it was. It was like, wait, you guys... you Wait, we're all on the same page here? What do you What do you Get mean? It? Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. That's what it was. And it blew my mind. I think it... It made me realize... It made me realize that I understand this book. Mm-hmm. I understand this this character. You I understand feel, these characters. It felt a little bit validated. I under, yes, it felt so validated yes. that I understood Doom Patrol and for what it means to be that, a Doom Patrol never, fan. Yeah, it's like yeah. putting it in the, like saying it out loud makes it feel a lot better. But yeah, when we... Um, when we were uh, when we were first talking about Tomb Patrol, you and I, we weren't even doing a podcast yet. Mm-hmm. And I was reading Grant Morrison, and I even before I started reading the books, um, and before we even did a single podcast episode, even talking about Doom Patrol, I was reading what Grant Morrison was saying when he when he decided to reinvent Doom Patrol, 
and he was talking about all his influences, these surrealist artists that influenced mm-hmm. him to make uh, do crazy things with these characters. And so I went and 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 did my homework basically. I, I watched their films. I, I I looked at their artwork. I looked up. Um, I had taken a few classes of uh, art history and mm-hmm. and taken some art drawing classes. So I I had to go. I have a degree in in, in arts and all that. And so right, toot I, your own horn. And but I'm saying it's like I was starting to really invest myself into understanding what this comic book writer was trying to do. Yeah. And and so I was Which is crazy, right? Yeah. And like, I was, who are we? And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> there's so much. There's so much laid in the foundation of this. It's not an it's it's not a writer just saying, I'm gonna have a donkey show up, fart a cloud, yeah, and, no. and like he's not like you got to find the meaning behind it. Yes, exactly. And, that, <laughs> and, and 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 it's it's it was the fact that I had homework to do. Yeah was what I was getting at. It's like, it's a fact that that homework exists to mm-hmm. understand the weirdness of this. And, 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 and what it comes down to is, is Doom Patrol now isn't just a fifties, uh, failed X-Men, you know, it is, it is a show about superheroes that is, that is its foundation is artwork. Mm-hmm. Like it, its foundation is art history mm-hmm. and studying art helps you understand what's going on in these shows because it is now a work of art, or at least a self-aware yeah. uh, a commentary on artwork, and and so they're doing this audio walkthrough exhibit museum with inside this donkey in this in in this other dimension, and and, and it's it's fantastic. It, it's like wow, it's and it's it's weird that I I love that they're that they're um, they're really diving into this this study of art. In, in this episode, in the last episode, they brought in the white darkness. They mm-hmm. did the Maya Dern thing. Just, We're looking for Dada, people. Um, Come on, Dada. Yeah. Um, Mr. Nobody is based on cubism, and and um, they're introducing Hangman's daughter more often just mm-hmm. to do these art bits, you know. Um, they asked Hangman's daughter to draw up the underground, yeah, which, which we were frantically turning yes. pages to try to see if it matched yes. up with the map. That the is underground, drawn. <laughs> uh, like I'm hoping, maybe not next episode. But oh, they're gonna go there, man. Yeah, like, we're getting a driver. Like, eight. has to. We're getting the driver eight, Mark. Well, we're gonna figure out why she's got the book. REM play. No, not, driver not eight. now. Not now. Uh, save it. Save it. Um, but yeah, it's and then so like there's a few more art bits in here which is how we'll kind of wrap up the show but they each get a surrealist painting to look at Mm -hmm. um now see this is a thing that i am uh invested in going more into the show um i want to find and pick out the surrealist aspects of this show because it's a it's a new um topic Mm -hmm. for me that i'm now paying attention to Mm -hmm. um within the past maybe year or so year and a half yeah um that i've been trying to find surreal artwork and and give me and, give me give me that and, book right there yeah and what i'll do is i'll read out the influences of grant morrison's for his doom patrol and, oh yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. this way you guys yeah. can look it up maya dern is is one is a big one maya dern maya dern um d-e-r-n yeah laura that. dern in that uh dinosaur movie laura dern in that oh. space movie <laughs> laura dern in that one space movie right yeah i'm forgetting one big big laura dern movie and i God, I can't think of it. I'm sorry. Yell at me on Twitter. Um, let me see. 
I know Jan Zvankmeyer. He's, he's Jan Zvankmeyer. Yes, he did. Um, I think he did. He did a version of Alice and Alice's Adventures. Oh yeah, in, that's in what Wonderland. all the so that's Simon um, Simon Bia uh, who did the covers to uh, Grant Morrison. Yeah, he based a lot of those off of Zonk. Uh, what was it? Who's the guy? Oh, Jan Zvankmeyer. Jan Zvankmeyer. Um, yeah, his that, Alice, that Alice invention in Wonderland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He based a lot of those off of that style. I remember um, that. There was uh, Kenneth Angers. Uh, he did You Did Artifice and um, Maya Dern's uh, Eerie Meshes of the Afternoon. And I think Eerie Meshes of the Afternoon is, if I'm not mistaken, it's this black and white silent film um, that... It, the only sound in it is a is a is a bit of music throughout it, and what happens is day after day. No, that's this, hard day's night. Exactly. That's <laughs> it's the same thing, right? Eerie meshes in the afternoon, hard day's night. That's the sequel. And so, this woman is constantly seeing this cloaked figure with a mirror for a face that follows her, day in and and as as the rotations happen. It's getting worse and worse and worse, but then she's finding more about herself and some about a knife. What's weird is is the three <laughs> the three big influences of Grant Morrison. So Jan Jan's uh, Alice in Wonderland, and then Kenneth Anger's uh, Yuda Artifice, and then Eerie Meshes of the Afternoon by Maya Dern, is that there was always scissors or a knife, mm-hmm. right? And that's what led to the Scissor Men. Mm-hmm. And so, definitely check out those artists. Uh, look up look up any of their work, not just the ones that he was heavily influenced. That was just at the time, but anything that they did that you can find on YouTube. Watch those mm-hmm. videos; they'll blow you away. Yeah. They they might even freak you out a bit. Um, if you're into art, just give it a try. I mean, and if, just look if you're up new into art. Hey, it's a great uh, eye opener. This is a good start. Yeah, Doom Patrol is a good start too. Surrealism is awesome, guys. It's it's a uh, it's wacky stuff for sure, um, and so we we get some of that. Um, Do you are these are these uh, are these real paintings? paintings? I'm not real, but are they? Hmm. I have a question for you towards the end. You have a question for me towards the end. Are these real paintings? I don't know. I'm curious if we can look it up um, with a little bit more time while we're not just straight up recording directly after watching the episode. Yeah, um, maybe we'll hit you back with that some information for next week. But yeah, I want to see. I wanted to try to pinpoint um, if those paintings uh, caught the essence of what their torture was supposed to be. It is. Is it? It is. Okay. Is that Let your me, question? Um, well, I'm skipping over some things no, that you no, wrote no, back no. to that you want. Like let's touch talk on. about it. No, because that that's the part we want to talk about right now. So they do the uh, negative man. Wait, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So. Let's just touch all bases real quick. Sports reference. Um, while they're in the donkey, the Crazy Jane and Robot Man arc is happening, mm-hmm. which I am really enjoying. Yes. Really enjoying. Yes. It's like this broken man who's finding solitude in this other broken girl, and it's like they're, 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 they're fixing each other mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Jane might not know it that she's helping Robot Man, but he, she's helping him connect with the life that he missed out on with his daughter and all these yes. things. I think Jane is supposed to be essentially the same age that his daughter is now. Yeah, so it's is like that a, what that's supposed to be? It's so like it's a, like making up for lost time kind of shit that mm-hmm. he's trying to do yeah. with making her this sandwich, or maybe he's just thinking about I don't I don't know. I'm 
I adore Brendan Fraser's depiction of Cliff Steele. He's he's yeah. killing it. He's really bringing that character to life, and, and uh, yeah, in an amazing way. So yeah. him making the sandwich for her, just like and having the flashback of him putting, it got me. He makes the the jelly, and it's a smile. Mm-hmm. And you see them in the flashback, but then you see him as his robot hands doing it. And the fucking image of a robot man that's that's dead on the inside, just a brain, nothing else, cold metal. The fact that he's drawing a smiley face on bread with jelly mm-hmm. to try to spark some joy in this girl that he just met a day ago. Yeah. That's fucking heartbreaking, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. The, like that simple thing as a robot man trying to draw a smiley face. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. That trying blows to, my mind. Trying to practice it. And, yeah. And the only person that that smiley face, like when you think about like that, how that sandwich gets cut and mm-hmm. then it gets cut. And who sees it and all that stuff? And then you eat it. No one is seeing that no. smiley face that you drew with jelly except you. Yeah. Only he gets to see that. And... It doesn't matter that no one else sees it because that's what makes him feel better. And it makes him, he is making that sandwich with love and he's giving it to someone he doesn't know mm-hmm. because he cares about their safety. It's it's a great moment. It is an absolutely great it's a, moment. It's a trait that, that follows um, throughout the entirety of the first volume. Um, the, the, the robot man Honestly, crazy just Jane. the first issue. And I think that's, again, another thing that this show is doing better, which is what we've kind of, Mm-hmm. We're now on our second point now about it. I think it, it really manifests itself, though, when he gets into the underground, which is something that I'm mm-hmm. sure that they're going to touch on in this exactly, show. But yeah. once Cliff goes into the underground, it's he has this whole new experience with Jane, and it, he was the only one in there, you know? He went in there to save her. Yeah. The relationship between Robot Man and Jane is incredible. Yeah. That is... Yeah, and, and maybe it is because... He does see his daughter in that, mm-hmm. you know, this being a, a broken girl who, who, you know, he's like, I'm wondering what kind of sick thing could have happened to her to even create that many personalities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here he is as a, as a father who was never there for his daughter. How does that make him feel? And, and he, I'm sure he sees it in a, in a way where it's like his daughter could be very much like crazy Jane in some way because he wasn't there and he wasn't a good father. Like, it's incredible, and, and it's. I'm glad they're really hammering in the details of that of that relationship, so that we understand these characters more as they as they try to heal, not only themselves but each other. Um, I can't wait to see more of it, and I can't wait for that underground scene. Absolutely. Um, so as we come back to the donkey dimension, um, Negative Man, Cyborg, and Rita Farr. They come across three paintings that Mr. Nobody has left for them. And he explains that the three um, the three um, paintings, one is nostalgia for Rita Farr, one is loss for Cyborg, and one is... We'll, we'll come back to Negative Man, because that one probably needs more explaining. But this painting right here, Nate, this one is for uh, Rita Farr. Now, if you look closer at it (laughs) you can almost see um there's a lot of reds right there's a lot of reds there's some purples but you can kind of see a human figure in it right uh let me see you're gonna roll over here won't you won't you bring your microphone just turn it oh yeah won't you unhook it i'm gonna do that 
You um, see a woman in there, right? Do I see a woman in there? It's nostalgia. Hmm. Do you see an arm here? Do you see a chest here? Do you not see a human figure in there? No. Does this look like a head to you? No. What is your right immediate now. emotional reaction to this painting? Um, immediate. It looks like um, it looks like some some cartoony thing. I see the white space in the middle there as as a, as a face and a head itself. But I'm trying to look past that now. Is it the red? Is the head? No, the, the red is, is an eye. It almost looks like a dragon um, to me. Mm. Um, but I'm trying to see what you're seeing, and this is this is this is fucking art <laughs> right here, man. So you see. An arm and a chest and a and a. Is there a position that she's? I see a I see a hand waving, almost like like the like this empty white mm-hmm. splotch right here in the yeah. center is her face, mm-hmm. and the nostalgia is is. She, it's hard to explain, <laughs> but what I'm seeing is I'm seeing a human that is so, solid, yeah, in a mesh of just redness. Okay, right, and so. There's something there where I think she wants to get back to being the center of attention. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and like, you know, she's kind of wrapped up in, in glory, basically. Has this painting started to twist yet? Have we, has it, has it, does has, it start to twist? Yeah, it starts to twist. Oh, so it does. It does like go a little... back a little bit. So let me see the nostalgia real quick. Let's see. We'll have to watch, um, we'll yeah, have to watch okay. them walking up a real bit, that's real okay. quick. Um, but yeah, hers was nostalgia. Cyborgs was lost, but negative man. I can't remember what his was. So we'll have to wait till like running. No, it was like escape. That was like futility, like almost Mm. like futileness. Um, but yeah, hers is Rita Fars is nostalgia. And so like her whole entire trip, uh, her torture scene is just her. She wants to go back to that. You see that? I saw, I saw, but it was more, um, it was more in like a, uh, I'm trying to depict it with my arms. I'm pantomiming here. It's like a, it's like what, what, what actors would do where it's like their hand, a woman's hand is like posing. Yeah. It's like up here and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it for you, Mark. And no one else can see hand is clasped kind of close to their cheek, Mm -hmm. reverse backwards. Like kind of like, and it's like a, you've done, you've done modeling. Yeah. So it's like a, that. Okay. It's like, oh. oh. It's like a fucking Alfred Alfred Hitchcock like cover to something like oh. Vertigo. Yeah. Yeah. It's something like that. That's what that's what I saw in that. So, but that does uh, spark to my mind um, classic Hollywood like yeah red actor, carpet um, woman in the center of town. Yeah. 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 That kind of thing. Yeah. So I see I see the nostalgia aspect. This there. one is lost. This is cyborgs. Do you see the one it? I'm looking at right now? Um, what I do you see, see. I see a lot of fire. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. I think the blackness could be, um, like a body in uh, engulfed in flames. Um, oh, you think that the black part? I think the body is something that is being engulfed in flames, and the orange behind it is the flames. Um, definitely right. The orange and the yellow. Well, not that you're right. It's mm-hmm. all interpretive. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree. I thought the, the flames, I could see the flames when he said loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really helps once you see the scene and then you yeah. come back and you see it. But yeah, I thought the, the brown painting, the brown elements were the house itself. Okay. And so that is the debris of the house. The pink 
is the body. It's the mother figure. Yes, yeah, the mother figure. I get you. Yeah. Okay. It's a pink little stroke. Yeah. And it's and it's it's been burned, so you know, cooked flesh might be a little pink. Um, um, I also see um, the the brown black that's on top of the pink is it could be a figure somewhat embracing over that. Like if it's his mom, like he's laying over his mom's body. Mm-hmm. So if the outline of him is 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 the brown as well as the outline of like the house, it seems like objects are uh, have that brown kind of brush stroke. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of things. I mean, there's even. There's a little brown painting here. It almost looks like a little musical note. Yeah, it looks like, like a little eighth note. Like or eighth note there. Um, but I think most importantly is the way that there's there's no straight lines in 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 cyborg's painting, which mm-hmm. normally with technology everything is straight lines and very grid like. But this is not that. This is, there's no straight lines in his painting, and that might be because this accident is the most twisted. In, in a horrific way, the most romantic thing that's ever happened to him. And so it's 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 because of the way that this is framed. It's like, this is the death of his mother mm-hmm. and, and this fiery explosion that happened at his house. So for his, his is probably the most... Uh, it's, it's the most abstract of his situation. I guess that's what it is. This is abstract artwork. Um, and so let's look at... It is futility. So Negative Man's painting is called Futility. Oh, I see this. Do you see this? Absolutely. What is this? It's really more, in my opinion, this is more, um, it's it's more, it's showing more of uh, Negative Man's personal um, futility. So it's a, it, there's like a green, there's green brush what is, strokes. What is futile though? Like what is the fe- ability that it can't get past it? There's the, there's an inevitable impasse, impossible, impossible. Yeah. Oh you yeah. Can't. Inevitable. In, not an inevitable. An impossible impasse. You yeah. can't escape it. Yeah, it's futile. The board. You can't do it. They say resistance futile. is futile. No, they say futile. Resistance is futile. Like they don't say futile. They say futile, and it annoys the fuck out of me, man. <laughs> futile. Like futile Japan. Yeah, like feudalism. <laughs> <laughs> And Wrong word like, there, buddy. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Futility, and, I understand, but futile. Futile it, seems like that's how you should pronounce that's that. Because otherwise... But then you say you futile, might... it's like... Oh, you samurai? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, you samurai? Oh, you... you... Oh, you samurai. Um, is this that is a new sitcom? Is this another episode of Oh, You Samurai? These... Welcome back to Oh, You Samurai. Sorry. Um, Go ahead, Mark. No, 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 no. This... I, yeah. These... Um... This painting, Futility, I, again, I, I see with all the green, I see a, a, a person. Do I see you, two. You see two people. I see two. Who are the two people? So from me, the two people would, the two green figures would be Larry Trainer and his you secret see two lover. Green yeah, figures? I see two figures somewhat embracing and holding each other. Um, and then there's a brush stroke that extends out into the pink and purple. I think the pink and purple is supposed to depict Larry's family and like the normality of, of life with um, colors being, you know, stupidly uh, sex representative. 
representative representative mm-hmm. green being a, one. yeah green being a, a male f- f- color and and fe- yeah all that it's like stupid, a yeah all that stupid crap that's supposed to go to it yeah is what my brain's going to and the little extension of the brush stroke of green is kind of um also has a hand in that so he's he's embraced by both it's a secret life that he has that we've seen with him and this uh this male lover and his family that he's running from and the futility behind it is that he can't escape either of them. I don't know if he wants to necessarily escape them. I don't think he wants to choose. So he's stuck in this middle. Uh, he's kind of straddling both worlds right now. I, I, see, I see two figures as well. Mm-hmm. But the entire green element is a person. And there's a, there's a, uh, a dark stroke in the center of the green painting. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there seems to be like a very T-like structure above the green painting, which I believe is the head of the, of the, of the body. And so what I'm seeing is I'm seeing that dark stroke in the center of the green painting as the hand. And then the green, the other green arm is up in the air and then the head is like the T and and it seems like almost like a Shakespearean pose where it's like very yeah. distraught. The pink to me is the negative energy that is surrounding him. Okay. And so like in the whiteness, I almost see like two eyes, a nose, and then like a tongue and a mouth. Almost like I see it. You see like that see theater that. Yeah. face, but it's like yeah. it's cut in half and, and moved and yeah. it's, so it's I skewed. And it's almost like it's it's like this green figure is in despair and this pink element is surrounding it and and not in despair but almost lavishing the torture of it like mm-hmm. it's and so the futile is the futility of it is that this character suffers but can't do anything about it I kind of want to tag something onto that Go um, for you it. brought about the uh, the theater sign of, of comedy mm-hmm. um I think there maybe there's something there. Um, Negative man is a comedic uh, relief in the Doom Patrol. Negative, more, positive, more or less. Yeah. So I think he's with all this all this despair that the purple is surrounding him, negative mm-hmm. energy or whatever. I think he is kind of like gesturing out into the comedy, asking you know somewhat for um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, I don't know what it's called. Um, Coping? No, you ask for um, forgiveness. Mm-mm. When when you wanna when you wanna if you're on an enemy ship and you you go into so, oh god so, uh, uh, yeah 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 uh, salvation. No, nope, it's not salvation. It's what the lady says in uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. I need. I'm seeking. I'm. Se- oh my gosh, they use it all the time in Star Trek too because it's people that come on to a. A ship, and yeah. they were are like defecting. And but refugees ask for yeah, it. Yeah, what is yeah. that word? Oh my gosh, I can't think <laughs> of it. Um, but that's what I see. I think he's reaching out, and that comedy face is there. So he's reaching for that comic relief amongst all of this tragedy. That could be a good one. I like that. Mark, we should go to more asylum. Museums. Asylum, yeah. So he's so he's, <laughs> so he's seeking asylum. Asylum in comedy. Oh my. God, um, I just had to look that that's up. That's kind of fun to think about. Yeah. If you see that one blob I'm as sorry if I a yelled comedy face, that's as okay. I figured that out. That's okay. <laughs> um, but uh, 
but yeah, Mark, we should go to we should go to museums and talk about art. I don't know why we don't go to museums. We got one in Orlando right here, and it changes like every month. Why the hell don't we go to it? I, there's one in Deland I that I pass like every other there's week. One in, there's a Dolly Museum here. Yeah, in, it's in Tampa. Hey, he's, right. he, he's, he's in there. Dolly did some great things. Um, you know my least favorite artist, which is uh, Klempt, but... Um, Your least favorite artist is Klempt? Uh, I just uh, I don't get Klempt. Klempt. You don't get it? Is it's it not for me. Is I, it too cubey? I, I, no, I think it's too overrated. Too many people enjoy Klempt for his version of The Kiss, and I was like, uh, everyone's done The Kiss. Why is his so great? Yeah, but it's whatever. He's just a guy who was basically homeless, wore a robe, and had a lot of cats, so what? <laughs> um, but here we are. It's the ending scene. Let's talk about one more piece of artwork before we go for today's episode. It is the hangman's daughter. She's here. She's got the Frida Kahlo look again, and she's painting. We got some great David Bowie playing. Do you know the name of the song? Oh, I had it. Um, yeah, I could find it. Okay. Um, she's painting. She's doing her thing. There's so many pieces of artwork around this uh, place. Lazarus. It's called Lazarus? Lazarus by David Bowie. Huh. Mm-hmm. I like that. You ever see that movie? Uh, the Lazarus? The Lazarus? The Lazarus Project, I think it was no, called. No, that's with Mark Duplass in it. Don't know who that is. Yes, you do. Anyways, the hangman's daughter is painting a painting. And what is this painting of, Nate? Um, To me, it looks like a rendition of the Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, cover. There's the, a lot. The, the famous Superman holding Supergirl dead in his arms, crying out and screaming. This painting gets referenced and redid and remastered in so many ways that it's never going to be a bad rendition of it. Never will it there happens, ever. It's a very superhero pose, but Hangman's Daughter has this incredible painting. It's not surrealist. Oh, that it, song was released on Black Star. That's crazy. The David Bowie song. That was the album that came out um, right before his passing. Oh, it wasn't released posthumously. Humious. What is what? I'm, I'm broken. <laughs> <laughs> Someone repair me. I gotta go back in the shop. <laughs> posthumously. What is that? When someone's passed away, mm-hmm. but their work gets published after they pass away. It's no. I think I think Black Star came out when he was in the hospital. Mm. Um, it's called released. Uh, it's called posthumously, like, like a Tupac kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um, this painting is of cyborg, full cyborg. Mm-hmm. No, no clothes hiding him. It looks like Ray Fisher's cyborg from Justice League. It's cyborg holding his father Silas Stone in dead in his arms, with the rest of Doom Patrol dead around them. Now it's Calder, Negative Man, Crazy Jane herself is drawn in there. Now, can you see if the depiction of them are like their comic book? Uh outfits or something can you see um, negative man or negative is it man, just like a... it's, it's him without the coat he's got just the oh yeah so he's got his like 1940 like smile, yeah exactly smile, what smile, what he was wearing yeah. in the scene prior when he took that off crazy jane looks like she's just wearing like a raincoat the same coat no, she's wearing this she's wearing the, on, the dress on, yeah in grant morrison stuff this is barney rubble back here <laughs> fred, fred, Fli- fred fred rita far fred flintstone um but then cliff Steele with a shirt is is back there um the, who is who is who is that that's rita far or maybe oh, it's dorothy okay no it's gotta be rita it's gotta be rita you can't hear me i'm talking i'm shouting all right, yeah, i think they hear you going back to the microphone um but yeah they're all dead except cyborg cyborg is mm-hmm. holding now why would she draw that 
Um, that hasn't happened yet. Cyborg's the the savior. So this painting also gets redone in, in Doom Patrol. Um, Gerard, yes. Gerard Way's Doom Patrol with uh, Casey Brinkle. Casey Brinkle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's holding... Oh, gosh. I can't remember his name. The little fluffy guy. Oh, no. Yeah. Yes, it's the. Uh, it's it's not the so you're having so you're having an existential. So crisis. you're having an existential crisis, yeah. and that's okay. Yeah, and that was one. Of I the... love that that splash page. Yeah, let's find it. It is so good. I I literally texted to you once I saw it. Um, Why didn't I bookmark it? But it's a um, ah. it's a it's a cover of the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, and it says, "What does it say from top to bottom?" So. I imagine at this point you're having some sort of existential crisis, and that's to be expected. Oh, I love it. It's... But here's the thing, and then it just goes into the story narration. Yeah, yeah. No, but she's—I'm sorry, she's not holding a flesh. She's holding a clown. Um, Casey's holding a clown. She's in space, much like how uh, Crisis on Crisis. It's yeah. Superman. He's on—you know—I think they're on the moon or something um... like that. Um, in in uh, Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol in in the Paris that uh, the painting that ate Paris, mm-hmm. um, there is a cover of um, yeah there's Superman yeah. Superman doing the same thing. He's carrying someone just like that, but he's carrying one of the members of Doom Patrol, or he might be holding the quiz. Um, he might be holding up one of Mister Nobody's people, like the Brotherhood of Dada. No, it's Superman holding. I'm not sure who that is. Maybe is that it's, crazy Jane? Maybe it's supposed to be Jane. Yeah. Um, but Negative Man's back there holding Cliff, and Flash is back there. Because mm-hmm. um, this is the point of the story where the Justice League kind of intervenes. Um. And then here's here's my other reference to this is um, the New Fifty Two's uh, Trinity War. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Before Forever Evil, it's yeah, called Trinity, Trinity War. War. Yeah. Um, when Cyborg is actually ripped apart by Grid mm-hmm. and Batman is carrying Cyborg, it oh, is a yeah. lot like this where yeah. they're like, "We, I need to do something. This mm-hmm. dude is dying. Um, that Again, that reminds me of this because those people died. Mm-hmm. Like the, everyone, like, it was like Aquaman is gone. Like Green Lantern is gone. Like they were all just knocked out and dead, um, supposedly until it gets into Forever Evil. Um, but yeah, this reminds me of that as well. Mm-hmm. And so... There's so many references. It's such a cool painting. I want that painting. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I want the white darkness, and I want this one. Mm-hmm. This one is fantastic. And so I'm loving the art. I'm loving that art is being like embedded and appreciated in, in these kind of like art motif things. These jokes are being done. It's all good stuff. Fantastic. I like this episode more than I liked the last episode. The pilot? Like it's been going up. Like It's better. Like I like this one okay. more because... As someone who, I guess, now that we know Doom Patrol and, and those who don't, now that they've seen the pilot and now they've seen this one, mm-hmm. we're liking it better because it's yeah, it's it's doing wacky, cool, weird stuff. Like, it's doing the Grant Morrison thing, let's get weird kind of thing. But most of the episode is character development. Yeah. Whether it's Rita and Negative Man or Crazy Jane and um, Cliff Steele, and then whether it's Cyborg and Niles Calder, like... We just have a lot of character development. And even Mr. Nobody taking the time to make fun of them is also character development. Yeah. Like, it's just working itself over and over again. And they figured it out. I think it's, I don't know why, but it's. I wonder how hard it was to write 
like the script and this show yeah. yeah like how like or how or what the process I think it's, was i think it's so easy that it's almost hard because it's almost like okay so when do you pump the brakes yeah. you know like there's this thing about again more art speak when it comes to randomization say you're doing like ink blotches right like mm-hmm. when do you when do you stop when or like how random do you have to be before you go like is there like a jackson pollock joke here there was a Jackson Pollock joke in Ex Machina, remember? When he was like, if he had to think about it, he'd yeah. never drop a single drop of paint yeah. because it's like, then he would never do it because nothing would ever be perfect. But you have to, it's like strategic randomization is how you do art. Like you, It's mm-hmm. like it's almost like that. It's like you can be random with Doom Patrol, but you have to be strategically random with Doom Patrol. You can't just be random. You know, like when we yeah. said earlier, it's like you can't just you can't just have a donkey fart a new universe. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to have the foundation for that to be accepted, yeah. and that's the beauty of art, right? It's it's strategic. Picasso, that's one of the great uh, examples. Hey, Picasso, it's one of the great examples of this dude made realistic drawings before he did cubism and all that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Uh, that's all you hear from us for today. Check next week for another episode of Doom Patrol Radio. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at Radio Doom Patrol. Tell us what you thought. Please leave a uh, five-star review. It really helps us out on the show, and it helps support us so that we can keep going on. So if you want the show to keep going, please help support us and let other people know that we exist out there among the cosmos so that they can find us. If you want to chat with us, Find us on Facebook at the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society or just find us on Twitter at Radio Doom Patrol. Let us know how you're doing, how your day is. Uh, If you're doing all right, let us know how we can help. And uh, yeah, DJ, take it away. Well, I hope you all will take a note because I sure as hell wasn't. So until next time, kids, this has been Doom Patrol Radio.